It is negative 13. What is that in correct temperature? Right, I'm saying it's negative 12 centigrade here. Negative 12 Celsius? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it was this morning, anyway. I think it's a little warmer now. Holy moly, mackerel, that is cold. Why is it so cold? Ah, we're back. What's it been, three weeks? Yeah, it's been a while. I think it's been three weeks. Unacceptable. And I kept telling you I was going to call you to talk about Christmas stuff so we wouldn't have to delay the live show. And uh, then I never did it because I kept either forgetting or remembering at a time when I couldn't actually call you. So in summary, I'm a terrible friend. You never call. I know. You always say you're going to call, but you never call. I know. I'm the worst. Good Christmas? Yeah. Excellent. Was Santa good to you? He's always good to me. Excellent. I had a very lovely Christmas. It was a little bit of a bummer. Uh, My two younger brothers live in uh, California now where they're always on vacation and thus they didn't need to take a Christmas vacation. And, um, and they didn't come in this year because it was expensive and they didn't have a lot of time and a lot of extra money for it and blah, blah, blah. And so we were at blah, my, blah, blah, uh, whatever. Right. Well, it's excuses, excuses, blah, 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 uh-huh. blah. So, um, so we went to my parents for Christmas Eve, um, cause it was a list family Christmas. And in my family, Christmas Eve was always a bigger, th- you know, like uh, party than, than Christmas day. And so we went to my parents for Christmas Eve, and it was funny because, I mean, we had a lovely time, but it was kind of like just going to mom and dad's like usual, except there were more decorations and presents, which on the one side, hey, it'd be great if we had presents every time we went over there, but um, it was surprisingly unremarkable. And you got the baby, though. Yes. And he sort of understood what was going on. But on Christmas morning, um, it was funny because... It occurred to me that whenever I haven't seen my brothers for Christmas, it's been my fault because it's been an Aaron family, you know, Aaron's family Christmas. This year it was a my family Christmas, but from my perspective, and they weren't there. And I don't know, it really bummed me out. I didn't like it. I miss my little brothers. So, I know I mentioned this to you privately, but whilst I was talking about the baby, um, Declan has all of a sudden become a little human. Uh, right? It's ridiculous. It's, it's the crazy. craziest thing. It is crazy. And you posted a picture of him sitting on Marco's lap, right? Mm-hmm. And you can see it. Like, he has all of a sudden become a little human. When did that happen? I don't know. I looked up. It's and like I, a couple of weeks ago. Right. I mean, I looked up and all of a sudden it was like, holy crap, he's a little person, just like you said. Uh, actually, just earlier tonight, Aaron was saying to me that... um he was standing in like it's called a pack and play it's basically like a little portable crib and we keep that pack and play set up downstairs um which we used to use it so he could nap in there and, and what have you we haven't used it for that in a long time and now basically it's just a glorified changing pad um because there's like a little thing on the side of it well anyway she said he was standing in there today because for whatever reason he really wanted to climb back in and so she dropped him in there and he's standing in the pack and play and she looked up and thought to herself oh my god He's enormous. What happened? It's the craziest thing. He's gotten so big. Because it was, I noticed it because I am, I'm still uh, very happily in a shit family photo stream. <laughs> well, it's uh, family and a, and a handful of close friends. Okay. Uh, and I get to see lovely pictures of you all. Mm-hmm. And Aaron always, I assume Aaron's doing it uh, because it looks nice and artistic. Um, is is puts together a that's that's a burn to you by the way I, I know what it is I don't know if you got that one I got it good uh, 
she kind of puts together like a little, what would you call it? Like a monthly update progress mm. photo? Thing? Yeah, it used to be weekly. And then once he hit a year, we've, we've slowed it down to once a month. Yeah, there's less to show at that point, right, like every right. week, right? And it was just on the last one, because obviously it's been like a month since the previous one. I just looked at it and I was like, oh my word, when did he get all that character in his face? Yeah. Just it just all of a sudden he's become an just a little human and he's cuter than ever. He's yeah. such a heartbreaker, that kid. Oh, I know. He thank thankfully he looks just like Aaron. Um, yeah, I know, right? Uh, but uh you know, he's he's standing now fairly well. He isn't walking yet. Um I think he's right on the precipice, but uh but he's he's not walking, but he's standing. He's starting to talk a teeny bit, like mostly repeating things. Like he he knows he knows that I'm dad. Well, he's known that I'm dad for a long time, but he can say dad, and um, he hasn't quite gotten mom down yet. Uh, he's been he's been repeating. Well, yeah, we'll say to him, "Are you the baby?" And we'll hear "Bibi," which is adorable. Um, there's uh, he, he dog is like dog and duck are both kind of like duck a duck. <laughs> which is kind of amusing. I don't know. It's just make your crazy. mind up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just funny. It, it's funny to see him just grow up like that. But it's crazy, man. I mean, it was not long ago where we were just taking him home from the hospital. And, and it's funny because even though for a lot of our friends, we were on the later side of having kids, I feel like there's been like a second wave of, of baby making. And uh, we're on the early side of the second wave. So we missed the first wave. So like the Armin's, for example, you know, we missed that wave. But now there's a second wave of which we're on the earlier side. And so like we have some very close friends that have, I guess at this point, he's maybe three months old. Um, we have other very close friends that have another a kid that's roughly the same age. And so I'm seeing, you know, some of these are local, some not. And I'm seeing these baby pictures of these kids that are like, you know, just a handful of months old. I'm thinking to myself, I remember that like it was yesterday. And oh, my God, that was 10 years ago. You know? yeah, <laughs> it's man. the wildest thing. But uh, but no, he enjoyed Christmas. He more enjoyed opening the gifts and playing in boxes than anything else, which is to be expected. Um and that was good, uh, and we got to see Aaron's family on Christmas Day for a little bit, which was not as good because he hadn't slept that well that day and had a bit of a meltdown, which usually isn't his style. Um, and then we got to go up to the Armin's, and we got to see uh, the Armin's and the Syracuses, and actually the Smiths, the underscores as well. And that was really lovely. That was over New Year's, and uh, we got to see them, which was great. So I was now- very jealous of all of that. I don't know if it's better or worse that I'd spent time with with Marco recently like mm-hmm. I don't know if it makes it better or worse um I mean because you know I'm always I'm always jealous when I see my friends in yeah imagine together, imagine right? not going to XOXO every year imagine not going to Singleton sure. most years ahem I've never been to Singleton I know but I'm just mostly talking about XOXO. you went though you went that uh, one once yes but then so I missed I the go, second did I? <sighs> you're missing my point we should be focusing on XOXO and uh oh and uh release notes everyone was there for that too huh <sighs> But that's the thing, right? People get together and you're jealous and I wanted to be there. Yeah. So, yeah. But it I looked like it. it looked nice. Your photos, you're getting good at that photography thing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm getting I'm getting a little better. It's I, I've taken a lot of crappy pictures. And everyone says it's a secret and it's true. You take a lot of crappy pictures and every once in a while you fart out a good one. So uh luckily, you know, I've been I was focusing on Declan a lot and just like you were saying earlier, you know, he's getting more expressive. And so um the photo you mentioned earlier of him in Marco's lap, that was um him holding Marco's coffee cup. There was another one that um, that I snapped of Syracuse talking to Declan about God knows what, and um, that was super adorable. So, yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. 
trying to get better at it. I'm not the best, and sometimes the focus isn't quite right, or the depth, you know, the aperture is not set 100% right, so the depth of field is off. But, but I feel like my composition is getting better, which is good. Because the other stuff you can fix a little easier, I suppose. Well, let's do some follow-up. Why were you dreading the wrestling episode? Oh, man, it was just terrible. Like, the lead-up, oh, God. You thought the lead-up within the episode or the lead-up to actually posting the episode? From it being recorded to me editing it and then posting it. Like, I just felt terrible about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, did you feel like the response was good or bad? So, the reason that I was dreading it was I was dreading judgment. That's what I was dreading, right? I was dreading people judging judging me. Uh, whether I should worry about that is not neither here sure, nor there. Sure. The point was I was dreading it. Um, and all of the feedback that I got has been fantastic. But And there have been some people that have said that they are not interested in wrestling but liked to hear me talk about it. It was nice to hear me talk about something that I loved so much. But the majority of feedback I got was from people that were or have been wrestling fans, and I'm very appreciative of the feedback. My feeling about that is that it's a slightly self-selecting group. Yeah. Right, so I got lots and lots of great feedback, but a very large percentage of it was from people that would be inclined to say they enjoyed it, right? Because it was about something they loved as well. Mm -hmm. I would say, I would like to say for the record that I don't recall a single piece of bad feedback that I saw. Now, it doesn't mean it didn't exist, but I, I haven't seen any. And um, and that, I, you know, come to think of it, that's probably a testament to how awesome our listeners are because I didn't see not one bad piece of feedback about Aaron's episode. And I think there were parts that I wouldn't have been surprised if people were like, oh, that was a little awkward or, oh, you know, that started a little weird. Um, I didn't see any of that, which, which both of us were super grateful for. Um, and I didn't see any bad from this, or and maybe there was some, but certainly I didn't see it. So I, I really oh, appreciate. I'm not, our I fans. was never worried about things people would say to me. Mm-hmm. I was worried about the things they wouldn't. Oh, okay, I can understand that. Right, I can understand that. But all in all, um, it, you're you're okay with how it turned out. Well, enough that we're going to address some follow up. We are. I've done some homework, but we'll get to that a little bit later as well. Um, do you want to do any corrections or any other sort of thing before we uh, we unwrap the experience that you had after recording? You're asking me to provide some information that I'm sure I gave in the episode. You, you did not. Well, I was very confident that I gave it, even though I know you've listened to it. Uh, <laughs> I'm still confident that I gave it. So yeah. there was something that apparently I didn't mention that I spoke uh, quite fondly about Triple H, a guy, Hunter Hurst Helmsley. He is actually really married to Stephanie McMahon, the daughter of the chairman of the WWE, Vince McMahon. This is all real. This is all real stuff. He is actually married to her. She is a large shareholder in the company, and she has a high-ranking executive position. So does the guy Jean-Paul Levesque, who is Triple H. His real name is Jean-Paul Levesque. He has a... I think he is the... On TV, he plays the COO. That's his role on TV, but that's not his role. Um, his actual role, I think, is Senior Vice President of Talent Relations. Yeah, I'm looking at Wikipedia now. Executive Vice President of Talent, Live Events, and Creative for WWE. Yeah, and, but part of his role is he runs NXT. 
So when he started it, it was obvious it fell within his remit because it was the development, so talent. He's looking for talent. He runs the developmental region. But then they turned it into this whole thing that I was talking about last time. And he now runs that, and he runs the creative for it. And he was at... He he opened, as you will have seen, which we'll get to in a moment, he opened the NXT event that I was at, mm-hmm. which was amazing. He opens all those big events. Like, he's there... He doesn't make a big deal out of it. Like he doesn't have a big entrance. Like he just walks down to the ring, does his thing, walks out. Like you know, it's gracious. He just it's his thing, and he opens it, and everyone wants to see him open it. And he does it before the credits roll, and you know, it's the thing. But this is his brainchild. Like this is his creation, and it's fantastic because of that. Yeah i I don't recall if we talked about Triple H or not, but I remember saying to you as, as either I was listening to the episode or, or something else, maybe I was just goofing off reading about some of this stuff after the fact, and I was like, wait a second, you never told me that Triple H was the guy that, that married Stephanie McMahon. I had no idea. Because Triple H was one of the, the popular people during the very brief window of time that I was watching wrestling. I also will never forget Triple H uh, for being one of the vampires in Blade Three. Did you ever yeah. see that? Yeah, I've seen that. I don't think I've seen any of the other Blades, but God, did I love that movie. And I think that was my first exposure to, oh God, what is his name? I'm drawing a blank. Um, The Green Lantern guy. Um, God, Ryan uh, Reynolds. Yes. Uh, It was my first exposure to Ryan Reynolds, who um, I really enjoy. And I think he he was hysterical in that movie. Um, Over the years, many WWE superstars have attempted to make their way in movies. Triple H has been one of them. Yeah, which reminds me, really, we really need to watch the rundown because you said you haven't seen that one, the one with the Rock. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah, we really need to watch that. Um, in any case, so tell me about your experience. So to recap, you had not yet gone to the NXT thing it was, in yeah. Wemsley. When we recorded, it was the day before, right? And so, and you were going with one of your brothers, and you were yep. going to go see this in Wemsley. Is that right? Wembley. Sorry, darn. I was really trying to be smart there, and I totally. I know backfired. you're so close. That's all right. Uh, hashtag American hashtag America. Anyway, so uh, so you went with your brother. Did, mm. How was the getting there? Because you said it was kind of a pain in the butt to get there, right? It's just a couple of tubes. It's not a, not an issue. It was great. I mean, the whole thing was just exactly as I wanted it to be. I Good. loved it. The, Good. the the UK fans are really a really interesting bunch. Um, it's very different uh, because. A lot of people that like wrestling like football and other sports. And in the UK, the fans at those sort of sporting events, they sing songs. The chants are songs, right? They mm-hmm. sing songs. And they're usually adapted from popular songs. They, you know, they'll sing a song about a football team or about a player to the tune of X song. So when... And what happened in this is lots of songs had been adapted over the tour so basically london was the last night on a tour that nxt had done in the uk over the course of the many days of the tour songs were being developed and they were being shared online there were lots of tweets and vines and youtube videos so I had already knew what some of the songs were going to be, same as many other people. So it kind of added to it sounding like everyone had rehearsed all of these songs. Yeah, it was striking. And I don't remember when it was. Um, so suffice to say, I, I ended up watching this and we'll we'll get into that more in a bit. In a bit. But I, I watched this on the Internet after it had like it was just yesterday, the day before I watched it. Um, 
And this was, you know, a week and a half or two weeks after it it was filmed and when you were there. And at one point I I said to you as as I was watching, are they saying hey singing Hey Jude? What is happening right now? Mm-hmm. And and that was That for... one was made up on the night though. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. This is the thing that you just hear one group of people, like a group of six guys start singing and it's really easy to pick up and then everyone mm-hmm. just it just goes. Like it just catches fire real quick and then everyone's singing along. Yeah. But uh, but it was good, so you oh, enjoyed well, it. I had such a fantastic time. I got to see everyone I wanted to see. My favorite guy, Sami Zayn, came back after nine months away. Um, and where I was, I was kind of right on the floor by the entrance ramp, like where they come down to the ring. Um, and when he came down to the ring, he kind of like jumped up onto the barricade and leaned over, and I was able to like pat him pat his back or whatever as he jumps into the crowd so that's what mm-hmm. they do right like you you high five them while they jump into the crowd so you can like i don't know i can't think of what you'd call it but no, i know but what yeah, you so i got to do that that was awesome and if you then the, he was on like the next week's episode they did a pre-taping um so then that was really cool so i got to see that and just everyone that i wanted to see was there and the matches were fantastic and i loved the entire experience it was awesome I can't wait to do it again. But in principle, it's not going to be coming back to the UK anytime soon. Probably next year. I reckon mm. they'll bring it back again next year. Fair enough. It was such a successful tour, um, and they seem to really enjoy the crowd. Um, I think that it will come back again next year. Yeah, I got to imagine for those who like these generally uniquely American things like professional what, wait, wait, what do we call it? Sports entertainment? Um, and professional, I prefer professional wrestling. Okay, well, but... that's where I started, and then I, then I thought that was the wrong one. Okay, so it profession- is the wrong one, technically, <laughs> but I prefer professional wrestling to sports entertainment. Fair enough. So when professional wrestling or, um, or football, as I think of it, comes to the UK, I got to imagine people lose their minds for it in a good in the, in the good sense, you know, because it's it happens so rarely for you guys yeah. that, that's, that, that that stuff comes over there. So if I were in your shoes, I'd go crazy, but. In any case, I like I said a minute ago, uh, Mike had me watch it after the fact, and I watched it over two days because it's actually a two-hour-long broadcast, um, and I watched it over a couple of days. I watched like two-thirds of it on the first day and then the, the very end on the next day. Um, it was not what I expected, but it was what I expected. It was wrestling. There was a considerably increased emphasis on the women wrestlers, which was yep. different than how I recall wrestling being. And we talked about this on the episode, so it wasn't that particularly surprising. But yet, even even though I knew it was going to happen, it still was a little bit striking because that was sort of like a spectacle when, when or at least the way I remember it in the late '90s when I watched wrestling. Um, it was it was surprising Spectacle to see for it. the wrong reasons. Yeah, precisely, precisely. It was surprising to see it treated, I think, reasonably as as a equal footing event. And what was interesting was uh, the way I was able to watch it on the internet. They had like these little orbs in the in the timeline for the in the scrubber to show like when major things were happening, so like when a match began or a match ended, or you know the pre roll before a match started and ended, and so on. And at a glance, looking at these little blobs, the la- the the women's sections were just as long as the men's sections. I mean, I'm sure yep. that's not true to to the second, but in general, they everyone got equal billing, which was nice. Um, the first two uh, wrestlers 
to well first three wrestlers to come out why did was it emma and dana is that yep. right why did they come out together uh they are not a tag team right as such but they are like a pair so the 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 rivalry that is occurring between the lady Asuka and Dana and Emma is like a a, a two on one type scenario, and so this is some sort of feud that's been brewing for a while. Yeah, yeah. And Dana was in Emma's corner; she was like supporting her. Okay, so what I was able to glean from the entire thing, there was another match later. Who was what? Bailey and who? Nia Jax. Nia yes. Jax is the Rock's cousin. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, the Rock comes from a huge wrestling family. He has three other cousins in it right now, like in the main thing. A tag, there's a tag team where he's cousins, and the current champion, the current heavyweight champion, is The Rock's cousin. The Rock's family, the Samoa family that, uh-huh. that they're a part of, is just huge, and it's like three generations. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. Um, it seemed like this Asuka lady woman um this Asuka woman kind of is trying to scrape together or she's trying to like pick a fight with everyone it seemed because they had like that interlude with Nia Jax is that what you yeah called so I uh, what basically what 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 you saw was the end of a rivalry the beginning of the next mm, okay so what it looks like is that the Emma and Dana rivalry is potentially over but what that's trying to signify is that Asuka is next in line for a women's championship shot. Okay. That's what that's intended to signify, which is what everybody wants to see because Asuka is amazing. She is from Japan. She's been with NXT for a couple of months and she's so violent, <laughs> like in a way that women usually aren't. Like, And, and this, this is because she is from the Japanese style. I think I mentioned this last time, which is a more violent style. And she is the first Japanese women's wrestler that's, been in this environment so when she does what she does it just looks more violent as you would have seen watching it she kicks people really hard Mm -hmm. um and actually does kick them really hard as well um she's injured a few people yeah time there you know in this whole two hours was it was like a roller coaster and by that i mean i would actually start to get kind of entertained and into it but then something would happen and i would just be ripped out of it because the skeptic in me would be like, oh, well, there, that, that punch to the face wasn't even in the vicinity of that person's face, you know, or they jumped so hard and so high when they punched this person so you would hear the impact of, from the floor that it just looks fake to me. And, and one of the notes I took was the commentators, who I didn't think were particularly good, um, they, they were like, oh, Aska, or I think it was Aska, studies film to see, you know, see more about her competitors and, and do a better job. And I'm thinking to myself, study film for what? To do what she's told? All right, so here's the thing for you. They actually do do this. This is something that the wrestlers really do. They okay. watch matches of previous opponents. So they can see the way that this person performs and see how they perform so they can do better next time. Fair enough. They do really study tape. And you remember I was talking to you about a documentary series? Yeah. Yeah, I watched an episode yesterday where they show one of these one of the guys watching a tape of a previous match because he screwed something up. Like hmm. they, they really, And he was from the NFL. They do this a lot. It's a guy called Tino Sabatelli. He played in the NFL. 
for someone. Enough. I don't know. But yeah, he says he said they do. He says, "Oh, we do it here as much as we used to do it in the NFL. Like we study tape." That's wild. A um, couple other quick thoughts about that uh, about that first match. Um, she did several times, I guess, like a special move, which was like a flying butt thrust, which I it's thought a was hip something or but yeah, it's funny looking. It's funny looking. Um, there was one point where I, I wrote down, and maybe you'll remember better, um, that she had like hooked. Was it Emma that was in the ring with her? Yeah, she had like hooked Emma on the ropes or something like that. Yeah, man, that was really neat because that was something yeah. different. Um, she does crazy stuff like that. Like every every match, she does something you've never seen someone do before. Yeah, and the other thing that in in so another case of me like getting ripped out of the spectacle of it all. Um, there was something, I can't remember specifically what, but there was some point in which the ref played a, well, this happens often, but particularly in this first one, where the ref played a pretty important role in the process mm-hmm. of the match. And all I could think about is, okay, how did they orchestrate that? Because it's clear that that wasn't like happenstance, you know? And it's it's a Casey problem. It's not a wrestling problem. But I keep, the skeptic in me keeps clawing out, you know, I'll forget about it and I'll get into it. And then the skeptic comes out and says, uh... How did that happen? How did they square that? Away? You know, how did they set that up in advance? And then I just start. It's like I said to you, they have the big spots played out. Yeah, and so then so I... like if the ref's going to get involved for some reason, which could potentially be the end of the match or count a near fall, that's going to be known in advance, right? That, that the ref is going to be involved in the match in some way. There's an interference. Maybe the ref gets knocked down. Uh, the ref is going to look like he's going to disqualify someone, but changes his mind, like. That's those are the big spots that are always planned out in advance because they're parts of the storytelling of the match, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But a lot, you know, it's like I said, look, a lot of the match that you saw was most likely being worked out on the fly, but there are big points that happen in each match which are usually worked out in advance because they know they need to hit them. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I'd like, the final thing I'd like to note from the first match was, as per the counter on the website where I was watching this, it took all of twelve minutes for Britain to go into the Olay song, that soccer song. That is a song that is specific to one of the wrestlers. Which one? Uh, Sami Zayn, who was not on the show. Yeah, he wasn't even there. We knew he was going to be there, and they'd shown a video package in the arena that he was going to be there. But I thought this was during the match. I might be wrong, but I, my recollection was it was during the the. A- yeah, Asuka it could have match. been. Everyone was really excited about him coming back. <laughs> Fair enough. We it's... all knew he was going to be there, um, and yeah, that's his. He used to wrestle under a, a Mexican name, and okay. it was a jo- but it was a joke because he's part Canadian, part Arab. Like mm. he doesn't look Mexican at all, right, right? And so that was the joke, and you know, but it's become like his chant. Oh, fair enough. Well, I just thought it was funny because that's such a stereotypically British thing to do. Oh, and uh, I already told you I was done. But one other thing, I caught myself. There was at one point where one of them like kicked off the top rope or something. Something happened. There was either a kick or maybe they jumped off the top rope. I, my notes are terrible, but something happened. And I found myself saying, oh, like watching that, like, oh, oh, my, you know, this is what I'm talking about, man. It's real risk and danger that they yeah. put themselves through. All right, so let me try to fast forward through the rest of the uh, yeah, stuff. Cause, yeah, because we'll be here now. We're not expecting Casey no. at the ringside. No, 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 seriously. Uh, what the what in the name of all that is good and right in the world is up with Enzo's look? 
Enzo Amore is everything that's amazing about wrestling. It it was wrong in every way. So I knew that I would have to paint a word, a word picture, and I didn't think about it until it was later. So I kind of went in after the fact and, and wrote some notes. He had leather overalls, black leather overalls. Yep. With a leopard print strap on the overalls. Yep. And he had this psychotic hair with like black spots, or maybe it was black hair with yellow spots. He looked like a feral animal, but not in the like fearsome way, in the like, what are you doing, man, way. All right, I'm going to I'm going to put a link in the show notes to just a Google image search of Enzo Amore cuz it will give you a perfect idea of the way that he dresses. Enzo is one of these characters that it's really interesting the way that they come to be. Like when he was brought into it, he was brought into it as a bad guy, so dressed like an idiot, right? Cuz it helps you look like a bad if you if you look stupid, people will more likely to boo you. But mm-hmm. over time, for whatever reason, people started to just love him for for his ridiculousness, for his style, like of the way that he speaks. He's incredible on the mic. Um, he has he's a very good talker. You know, is what they call it. And just over time, people love him, and like it's just part of his character. He he plays a boy from I think from New Jersey. Hmm. He's either from New Jersey or from somewhere in, in New York. Uh, and that's their thing. And they play these like crazy, like just like outlandish characters. They talk with these like over accentuated Amer- uh, New York accents, mm-hmm. right? Like they're, and you know, their their big thing is they call people soft, but it's spelled S-A-W-F-T. And that's this thing they have. They come down to the ring and he does this whole like, my name is Enzo Amore, like, and he does this whole little thing every single time, so everyone sings, like, sp- speaks along with him. Like, he's got this whole thing, but it's all ridiculous. But that's what... It's one of the great things about professional wrestling is that it is ludicrous. And when you can embrace the fact that it is ludicrous, great things can happen. Yeah, it was wild. And And to come back to what you were saying earlier... One of the notes I wrote was, holy crap, the crowd loves these two. It was Enzo and who? Colin? No. Yes, Colin Cassidy, okay. big Cass. He's uh, seven foot tall. Okay, so he did that like opening speech or whatever where it was clearly supposed to be like a give and take sort of thing between the crowd and him. And oh my goodness, the crowd ate that up. Yeah, yeah, man. That's just what I'm saying. Like, So this is the thing, right? Like you you embrace the kind of the crazy characters and then the people start to feed on it and you end up with this whole thing where like everyone's going along. This is what The Rock did, right? This is what The Rock was so great at, all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and look at him, he's one of the biggest that they ever had. Yeah. But like, yeah, they, they, are, they are a very popular tag team. I was so sad when they didn't win. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> I, they have been like in, they have been like, so close to winning the tag titles so many times, and it just never seems to happen for him. Fair enough. Uh, the one thing I will, the one other thing I'll note from this uh, match was at one point Enzo gets clotheslined, and he got clotheslined hard enough that he did like a hundred and eighty degree, yeah, two hundred sixty degree yeah. flip in the air. Uh-huh. There is, and I know you've been saying this for the last episode and a half, but there's no way to fake that. Like you can't fake that. It, yeah, I mean, you fake wow. the like he didn't actually do a three hundred and sixty flip right from the full sort of clothesline. He did a jump through to it, right? But it's Maybe, he's still doing the flip. Yeah, whatever it was, it looked like it hurt. Um, See, the, it, it got you. 
Because yeah, that's yeah. not real, but it tricked you. No, that one tricked me then. Absolutely. There you go. Without question. See? Um, they're good at what they do. After this match, I kind of lost focus for the next one, who was uh, Terry Cruz. Is that right? Something Cruz. Terry Cruz is the guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You're thinking of oh, yeah, Apollo right. Cruz. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and I don't even know who the other one was. Um, but I was, I, I kind of lost interest for this match until the end when Cruz did some like flip to kick to back flip thing. He that has was one amazing. of the most impressive finishing moves. Yeah, uh, but he, he, is he ended up losing though, didn't he? Guy. Cruz is like a 200 pound guy and he does like a standing senton, I think it's called. He basically, from a standing position, does a backflip. It's very impressive. Yeah, it was it was pretty intense. Um, but regardless, I was actually kind of ticked off that he didn't win after seeing that really impressive move because I was like, that was amazing. Oh, never mind. Yeah, he should have won that, but it was it was time for that other guy to have a big win um, and for him to be lined up into the title picture. He's been in he's been in NXT for three years and has not been in this title picture before. Uh, he's paid his dues. It's his time now. Cruz has been in it for like four or five months. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Cruz is going to be the next big guy. Um, he will be. He will probably be the next champion. Um, because he is very talented. Um, and looks amazing. Uh, he is a champion, but uh, I, I thought it's not. He's too soon. There's, there's many people that he'd be stepping over right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, th- I thought that match was okay, but that ending was impressive. Um, and like I said, I was I was into it enough that I was ticked off that he lost. The final match I want to talk about, which I think was the final match, was with one of your favorites, right, Bailey? Yeah, it wasn't the final match. There was one okay. more match after it, but right. yeah, well, Bailey, then... Bailey and Nia Jax. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's the cousin of the Rock. Um, immediately, I was struck by how normal Bailey looked. And I don't mean that in a derisive way. What I mean to say is all of the other women wrestlers I'd seen were pretty women. Um, or, or like Nia Jax is just physically very imposing looking. I mean, as for all I know, she could weigh 110 pounds, but she just looks imposing. Um, but Bailey looked like a normal human being, like in every measurable way. It, whereas the other ones, I felt like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but they they looked like they were cast first and then taught to be wrestlers, whereas she just looked like a person, like a regular old person that you would see on the street. It was very striking. So there's a couple of things about this. I understand what you're saying. Uh, the Bailey character is a wholesome character. Mm-hmm. So she dresses differently. Again, like if you ever see pictures of Bailey. Um, kind of like, and she's like wearing a nice dress and stuff. She's stunning, mm-hmm. uh, but she doesn't dress like that where many of the other women do. And see, out of choice is is how it seems to be in NXT. Anyway, they kind of have a work on their own characters. Uh, but with with these women, the women that all of the women that you saw, they are all incredibly talented and the majority of them were wrestling before they came to this oh yeah i don't doubt that it's just not having that backstory just looking at them yeah it struck me as though all the others were perhaps cast for a look and then turned into wrestlers which i'm again i'm not saying that's the case it's just that's how it that's how it appeared to me whereas it has been that way in the past Mm -hmm. right but uh, it's not really at least of NXT, it's not really like that so much anymore. Um, and Bailey is, Bailey is arguably 
the most popular person um, oh, yeah? in NXT. Yeah. Everyone loves Bailey, man. Well, and so they made some, like, allusions to... And they sh- briefly showed like what appeared to be a school paper from when she was a kid, I guess, where she yeah, so uh, presumably wanted to be a wrestler or something. If you remember, I was talking about the fact I don't I, I don't actually don't know if I mentioned this when they when they had a, an event like this at Brooklyn, um, they had Bailey and a lady called Sasha Banks, who said was one of my favorites. They had the match of the year, um, and then they, at the next takeover, like just flat out, like the best match there been in, for the whole twenty fifteen. Uh, which is again like a first. That's extremely. That's never happened before that a woman's match would ever be considered a match of the year, but it was. And then at the next event, they did a rematch where it was the first ever time that two women at main event at a live event. They were the last match, and they did a thirty-minute Iron Man match, the first time that had ever been done as well. In the lead up to that match, um, to kind of prove the point of how good they were and how much they cared, they had school papers from Sasha and Bailey both talking about the fact that all they wanted to do was wrestle and they were Mm. reading them like to camera Mm -hmm. and then they were showing then again they had pictures of them both as like preteens or like as teenagers at wrestling events uh with like photos of them with backstage with wrestlers and stuff and they're clearly (laughs) like you know just like to try to try and like hammer home the point of like these are women who really care like right. it was, it was awesome. Just quickly, Sasha Banks is Snoop Dogg's cousin. Just oh thing. yeah, I think you had mentioned that yeah. last time. Anyway, yeah. So you're right that they they they've used some of that stuff for Bailey over like multiple times just now to try and just prove the point of like how hard she's fought to get to where she is. And I mean, it worked because I was immediately endeared to her. Is that I don't know if that's the right way of phrasing that, but yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, I, I immediately wanted her to be, and plus this uh, Nia Jax person clearly is intended to be a villain. It was a very good, very traditional David versus Goliath sort of setup. Um, the one thing that really ticked me off about that match was the announcers were giving it away because they were like, oh, Nia Jax won. Oh, Nia Jax won again. I mean, well, not literally, but you know, oh, it's about to happen. It's about they to do happen. That, though, like and it was like, oh my God, you it, guys, so. relax. Because all you're doing is telling me that this is going to turn itself on its head any second now, which is exactly well, what happened. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing, right? Going into it, like as a fan, you know Bailey's not going to win, but Nia Jax might win because you don't know how Bailey could beat her. Like, Bailey's special move, her finishing move, is a suplex, and she ain't lifting Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not doing that, and she didn't. She choked her out, uh, which was an okay ending. It was a good story. They told a good story. Just, I really wish that she would have... There, there are ways to set these types of things up, and they, I don't think they did the best thing that they could have done. There is a there is a meme called the IWC, which is the Internet Wrestling Committee, mm-hmm. right? Which is people like me who think that they know how to do it better, right? Like <laughs> armchair thing. But like what I would have done is in the weeks leading up to that would have had Bailey win some matches with that submission hold. But so didn't it was do that. not remarkable when it happened again? I did there. I didn't know that, that the match had ended until the music started. I got you. Okay. Right. Like you couldn't really see it and I wasn't expecting it. So usually like when someone's in a special move, like you're expecting it to end. Or when someone's in a submission move, you're expecting it to end. Bailey's never done that move before, like that chokehold. And again, it makes sense in the story of the match. She had to find it in herself to do something new because she didn't know how she was going to overcome 
this. Man, people don't want to keep listening to this, do they? Like, I feel like we're just torturing people now. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, that's all I had. I mean, we're done. So, right. um, the last, I, oh, there's one thing I wanted to mention now to you. Mm-hmm. Finn Balor, the guy who came down dressed as Jack the Ripper. Oh, yeah. That's what the last match was. That's right. So, this, there's this guy, Finn Balor, is the current champion. He's going to be one of the biggest stars of all time. He's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. He's from Ireland, and he'd been one of those people who'd been all over the world in the independent circuit. At big matches, he taps into the character he calls the demon. So usually, regular-looking guy comes down to the ring in a leather jacket. He's super cool, right? Um, and he has a thing called Balor Club, like that hits his thing. But then on special events, he uses the demon character where he has face paint, and he is usually the demon of some description, right? So he will, like in, he traditionally, like the the paint is was modeled from Venom from Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But they've had to kind of like pull that back because they can't really say that on WWE. But like when he was in the independent circuit, he always was different villains of some description. Like this good, I think I've seen pictures of him as the Joker and stuff like that. But but he did this one at his first big event where he came down as the demon. Everyone went insane because he does this incredible uh, entrance where he like crawls along the floor in like smoke. And he didn't do that so much this time because he played a Jack the Ripper character, which was something different. And then he does that whole thing where like he raises his arms at a very specific part of the music. Yes. Yes, and the whole audience yes. does it, right? Yeah, well, and, which- and to really quickly interrupt you, I was impressed by how just into it the audience was like they were eating this up and it was yeah. it was kind of neat to watch because it was clear that this was a bunch of people who really gave a crap like it wasn't the sort of thing where you saw like half the audience raise their arms up at the first you know big crescendo or what have you and then the next time everyone understands what's happening from the very first moment it was clear that everyone knew what to do and it was it was neat everyone was waiting for it mm-hmm. because yeah, it was- like this is this is one of the big moments right like getting to see Finn Balor and then to be there when he does the thing. Like, I'm going to send you, and I'll put it in the show notes, I made a GIF of, like, being <laughs> in the audience. Like, I took a, a burst photo of it happening, and it is, yeah. You, you can see everyone in front of me raising their arms up at the very specific moment. Like, yeah. it's it was great. Like, I loved the whole event. I'm sorry that we've, like, tortured people. To, yeah. like, We're to, done. We're done. To have to do this again. Um, we're probably done. Yeah, I think we're done with the wrestling talk. But it was, it there was about a half an hour where I was kind of like, yeah, whatever, I'm kind of over this. But for I would say, you know, two thirds of the, maybe three quarters of the matches, I was at least entertained, which I mean is probably the whole point, right? So I I left not hating you for making me watch it, and and I and I don't mean that, you know, to be a jerk. I don't mean that to be snarky. I, I mean that to say it actually was enjoyable. So I don't know that I would seek it out. I don't know that I would watch it again unless you're like, oh, my God, dude, you have to see this. But I can understand the appeal. The so, fact that you were able to actually get through it, it's two hours, and you got through it with with little complaining, tells yeah. me that not that you enjoyed it, right? I wouldn't say that you enjoyed it because you probably – didn't necessarily enjoy eh, it. I wouldn't say but that then it was I enjoyed. It wasn't terrible. No, for you to watch. No, not at all. Um, no, I'm I'm glad I gave it a shot and got out of my comfort zone a little bit. Um, you know what else I enjoy? Please tell me. 
Squarespace. This week's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. You can start building your own website today at squarespace.com and you'll want to use the code FEELS at checkout to get yourself 10% off Squarespace. Build it beautiful. With Squarespace, you'll be able to get a website up and running very easily that looks not only professionally designed, but will look amazing and work beautifully no matter what your skill level is, no matter how much coding experience you know. Maybe you could be someone like me who doesn't know how to code a website. You can put something on Squarespace and put it out there. I've had so many projects on Squarespace in the past. We still use Squarespace today at FM. Our blog and our store that we have are over on Squarespace because we didn't want to build a blog. We didn't want to build a store when we have Squarespace to do it all for us. And they're fantastic with that. They have state-of-the-art technology. They have beautiful templates. They power your site. They ensure security. They ensure stability. And they're trusted by millions of people all around the world. Squarespace has 24-7 support. They have live chat and email. They have teams located in New York, Dublin, and Portland who are there to help you. I mentioned their commerce platform. You can sell physical goods. You can sell digital goods. We sell physical goods. We sell stickers, and we sell T-shirts with Squarespace. They integrate with Stripe, so it's really easy to take payments. Super awesome. The guys over at Notco, which is uh, Brad Dowdy's uh, uh, lovely little company, um, which Brad went independent recently. Um, which is amazing, and Notco is part of that. They run their business, and they have Squarespace to do all of their web ordering, and they use it as the the first part of their shipping system. And the fact that they have a real business which employs people, and they use Squarespace is the way that the you know the way that their commerce flows. It shows you, right? People, whether your people selling some t-shirts like us, or people having a whole business like Brad and Jeff do. You can use Squarespace. You can use Squarespace Commerce. It really is awesome. They have the dev platform if you want to stretch your Squarespace site further, if you do know how to use that code stuff. And if you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name as well. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month, and you can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required and start booting your website straight away by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure that you use the offer code FEELS, that's F-E-E-L-S, to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for this show. I'd like to thank Squarespace for helping out with this week's episode. Squarespace, beauty, beautiful. So I want to ask you a quick question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to just change around the little order of what we're going to talk about here because I want to start off this way. First off, by complimenting you, or maybe not you, but <laughs> like you you in general, last couple of ATPs have been really good. Oh, thanks. Um, they've been quite different, you know? Uh, you did the Thanksgiving episode, maybe not the last couple, but you did the Thanksgiving episode, and then you did the like what we want to see in 2016 from Apple episode, right? Mm-hmm. They were really good. I like those a lot. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been getting a lot of flack recently for being too negative, and I think there's mm. got to be some truth to that. I, I am know. so pleased you brought that up because I want to talk. I wanted to talk about that. Well, I, but I want to talk about the thing that you had in the show notes. I mean, we Just can do one line, or. one line of it. Okay. You don't need to apologize. You don't even need to address it. There are things yeah. to be negative about, and you don't have to yes. change course. Let me and Jason get this feedback. And it's like, look, we are negative about the things we're negative about. We're positive about the things that we're positive about. If something needs, if you need to be negative about something, be negative about it. Don't then just not do it. That's my personal view on these things. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, the thing is, it's a tough balance. Like when I was with Marco um, this past week, we talked about this a little bit when uh, before the other guys had come in. It's a tough balance to to strike, right? Because you don't want to be so negative that it's like it's 
it's difficult to listen to the show. You know, if it's if you really have nothing nice to say, like nothing at all, then maybe you should figure out some other things to talk about. But on the other side of the coin, if we we call it like we see it, and if it's really that bad, you know, if things are really that bad, then we should be negative. Um, so it's a tough balance, but I think we 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 went a little too far in the negative Ned direction, and hopefully we're swinging back to the positive Peter direction now. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, um, a couple of days ago, I was looking at Twitter and this guy by the name of Mike Hurley, he spells his name wrong. It's a Y instead of an I. It's a little weird. But anyway. You know, I've never heard that joke before. Really? Oh, Um, uh, well, I'm glad that you are on this program to have heard the debut, the official debut, Mm -hmm. the the premiere. Is that one with the E or without? I hate it when I see it wrong and I always forget. That was with the E. Yeah, I think it's without. No, that one's with, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) yes it's with the e um anyway uh so this gentleman mike hurley tweeted whether i am faster slower or more slash less productive that doesn't matter all i know is i want to work on this and this was a quote curiously a single quote quote but a quote nevertheless Uh. and (laughs) and then after that followed a url and this is not an unusual thing to see on twitter but what was unusual about it was the url the URL, I was quoting myself. <laughs> the URL was imike.co. And I thought, what? I'm not aware of this. What is this thing? You have, a, you have like your own website now. Yeah. So, like, I've had this Tumblr blog for a long time. Like, and I just deleted everything from it and decided I wanted to post something to it. Mm-hmm. And,. I yeah I I also redirected MikeWasRight.com to that. <laughs> Check that that's working. Yeah, it's working. That's good. Uh, good of good. course. Uh, so that's 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 all set up nicely. Yeah, I I want so basically, I found myself recently feeling like I have things to say sometimes that are longer than 140 characters. And I I don't remember exactly what it was, but I had something I wanted to say about Star Wars after seeing it for the third time. There was just a a thing I wanted to say about it. I can't remember what it is now, and this is part of the problem. It was I knew it was going to take more than 140 characters. Sometimes when I think of things, I run through it in my head, and I'm like, that's going to be too long for a tweet. Considering I haven't got a microphone in front of my face right now, there's no way for me to say this. I'll just let it go. Right? I can't tweet it. Uh, I'm not going to text shot it. Um, you know, or whatever it is the kids do these days. So I just <laughs> let it go. And I started thinking to myself, it's like, but I have things that I want to say sometimes. Like, and they just go otherwise, you know. And so I decided that I would clear out this Tumblr blog, bring it back up again, and go with it. And... I did it like on like the first or second of January, like me and Adina were just like hanging out and just I'd done everything work wise that I needed to do that day, and I decided I wanted to set it up again. Maybe it's like a New Year's resolution thing. I don't know, but I've decided that I want to at least have this thing there where I can put some stuff, and maybe eventually. I will put longer things on there. Maybe I'll start posting very frequently. Like, I don't know. All I know is that right now, I just wanted it to be there. And like that, so that that tweet, 
tweet. That quote about the iPad thing was the thing that I'd said like days before to Steven and Federico and wouldn't have been able to say otherwise because like the quote itself fits in a tweet, but it needs explanation. Mm -hmm. And so I would never have said it. And I actually quite like it. It sums up my feelings about the iPad Pro. Um, And so this gives me a place to put that stuff. And like, for example, I had... I wanted to post some more of my uh, coloring from Pigment, and I put them on there as well. And I don't know what else is going to go there, like, but I figured that I should maybe have a place where some things could go. No, I mean I love it. I've I've told you in the past privately. I don't know if I've said it on um, on the show, but I, I've told you that I really wish you would write more just because I feel like you have so many interesting things to say. And granted, yes, you say a lot of them, if not all of them on the podcast, but I don't know. I like, I like reading well considered and deliberate pieces from people that I enjoy and respect. That's the problem for me. It's like, it takes so long. Like that little thing, that little iPad pro thing Mm -hmm. took ages. Yeah. But, as you do it more, you get better at it. And to me, maybe not to you, but to me, that's part of the fun is crafting it and removing every little unnecessary piece mm. and and not being extemporaneous like we typically are when we record these shows. So the majority of writing that I do these days, which is over 140 characters, is when I write something that goes on the Relay FM blog, right? Right. So usually when there's a new show that is announced, I'll write a few words or whatever or sometimes Stephen does it sometimes I do it but I think I, I I've done it more often than not because usually I'm involved in the project in some way um and basically what tends to happen here is like I just write a thing and I just send it to Stephen <laughs> like here you go and then he goes can I edit this I don't even know why he asks me anymore is can I edit this and I'm like yes you edit it like that is the implicit agreement in me sending this to you Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I like. It's the editing process. It drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. And it makes me not want to do it, right? Because it's like, this just takes forever. And and I know what you mean. Um, there is something kind of nice about taking a thing and refining it down and making it the best it can be, like editing audio. But I don't find audio editing as painful, even though it takes like 400 times as long. <laughs> there's something about like reading through something and reading through it and like changing the words I, I just I don't enjoy it and except for like that one or two blog posts that I have in me every year um, right. and I still don't think that they would go here like the Apple Pencil review that I did which was the biggest thing that I'd written in 2015 I wouldn't have put that on this blog why not I because it the right home for that place was the pen addict. That was the right home for that that piece of work. Like that was where it made the most sense to put it. Which I is the reason I sense. put it there anyway. Because like over the years, over the last maybe three or four years, I've always written a couple of things, one or two things a year that go on photo. Like I've always, if I have something I want to say, Stephen will always post it for me. He's very kind like that. So like it just gives me a place to to say something. Um, or I've taken, there was one time where Stephen went away and I took control of the website for a week. One of the most 
horrific things I've ever had to do. <laughs> the amount of time and effort that just was just in my brain thinking about like, is he going to want me to post something about this? Like, does this need to go here? Oh, uh, it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, it was a nice experience, but it was like the, the fear of and like the, the uncertainty of like, do I need to link to this? Like, is this something that needs to go? You know, um, I don't know how people do this stuff. Uh, I guess they don't worry about it. It's probably how they do it. But yeah, I've always just had a thing or two that will go there at Photo Pixels every year because it's just like it feels sometimes like there are just better homes for it than like for whatever website I have. Like I have like MikeHurley.net, right? Like that has always been around and there are like just a small handful of things on it. One is about my Mac Pro being for sale. Then I, it's funny. Then it goes to the fact, welcome to Relay FM. The previous post for, before that was the fact that I was leaving 5x5 five five, and then... There's a post about need, and then the post about me moving to five by five. So not a lot goes there. Um, yeah. But it's like that's the thing. I've always had these little things, and they kind of go away. So I'm hoping that I will post things to this this imike.co. But I mean, I haven't posted anything there for like three or four days after posting like four things in two days. But I haven't had anything to say, and and I'm kind of like I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about it. I always feel like I've always wanted to have a place where I could put stuff like this, but then I set it up and never do anything with it. And part of the reason I wanted to mention it on the show was in hoping that it will make me do something with it. Yeah, you know, one of the things I've struggled with um, as I try to figure out ways in which I can increase my audience, and then perhaps figure out a way to. Um, turn that into some sort of you know other side hustle. I've I've wondered you know should I post every day? Should I post every week? Should I post no less than once a month or something like that? And what I've decided is you know what when I have something to say I'll post just like you just said you know when I, when I have something to say I'll post and if I don't that's okay. And so you know I haven't posted since the day after Christmas. Um, before that, I believe it was quite a stretch. It was, nah, it was only about 10 days. So it seems to me like every 10 days or so is when I typically end up posting, looking at, or at least that's the way December was. And that's okay. And if it ends up being more, fine. If I Sometimes I'll go on a run where I'll have two or three posts that I'll want to make in a day or a week. That's fine too. I just don't want to stress about it. I hope that you continue to post to imike.co, be it pictures, be it images, be it quotes, whatever. I've enjoyed everything so far, even the the coloring pictures, which, I mean, I don't envision myself getting an iPad Pro and doing some adult coloring. So but I still, worth it, though. <laughs> but I still enjoyed the pictures. They were, they were really pretty. So I hope you stick with it as much or as little as you want to. You know, if, if, if that means just once a month, then screw it, man. Just do it once a month. I don't think that's a bad thing. But then I'm like, my feeling is that what ends up being is I just never do it. Like, I just forget about it and then just never do it. So how do you remember to do it? Well, because I have something that I want to talk about, and then I talk about it. Because a lot of times it's stuff that maybe I want to refine before I talk about it on the podcast, or maybe vice versa. Maybe I've talked about it on the podcast, and I think, eh, I really want to dig into this a little deeper. Or some things like... My most recent post is talking is well. It's entitled "Some Random Thoughts on the Apple Sim," which is pretty much exactly what it was. It was some random thoughts on the Apple Sim, which to me doesn't make for terribly riveting podcasting. But 
can be very fascinating to read if you're interested in the Apple Sim and more specifically my random thoughts upon it. Um, I actually did really like it. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, I told you, did that, and I yeah, made yeah. you take a photo of yours. You did. Yeah, and 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 so I feel like it's. You know, in some ways, you know, Gruber refers to the talk show as the director's cut of Daring Fireball. Sometimes I think of my situation as a reverse, like things that I really, really want to get some feedback on or want to want to be heard. I'll talk about on the show because I have a much bigger audience on the show and things that I think are interesting, but maybe aren't interesting enough to derail ATP or this show. Then I'll talk about them on the site. And the other thing I'll talk about on the site are things that I want to keep to myself by broadcasting to the world. Let me let me try that again. What I mean is some things like the post about us being pregnant, I don't want to I don't want to make that announcement on a podcast, not even this one. I don't want to make that po- that announcement on Marco's site. You know, and obviously I'm being a little facetious here, but I want to make that post on something that I own, that's on something that's mine. And so for things like that, for things that I want to be uniquely associated only with me, that's why I have this website. I don't know. Maybe that makes sense. Maybe not. No, it it does. I mean, I totally get it. But the other part of me where it's like any – I do so many podcasts, right? I do so many. Any thought that I have usually can go into one of them, and I don't want to spoil a show. Because I wanted to write something on my blog. Is spoiled by not talking about something or spoiled? So, by like, t- I have a good idea or I have an even a moderately good idea um, for something to talk about. More often than not, that can go into a show or can be, like, made into a good idea for, for an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to waste those. So, I don't, well, I wouldn't write about them. Like, so if I had this Apple Sim thing. I'd probably make that a five-minute, ten-minute segment on one of the shows instead. And that's perfectly reasonable. I just I didn't think this particular instance that that was worth discussing on the show because I didn't think it was that interesting, except weirdos like me. But maybe yeah. you're right. Maybe it would have made a great segment. Maybe I'm the crazy person. I don't know. But um, that, It might have made a, a moderately good segment. But sometimes when you're producing multiple shows, you have to like work out what's going in and you know you might have 10 minutes or so that you want to fill out somewhere so you have like a topic which is moderately interesting as opposed sure, to just sure. all of the usual really interesting you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah totally because you know you've you you want to make sure that you've got enough time so or it might be that like i pat it out and i do this very often i'll have an idea write it all out i think it's kind of okay and we never need it so I just throw it away right mm-hmm. but i've Pad it. I, I've like outlined it podcast wise. I could maybe then turn that in. Maybe that's the stuff that becomes blog posts. But then my blog is just all moderately good stuff that was never used. <laughs> I'm with you. That makes sense. So I, I hope you stick with it. But I mean, it's just you... one other little thing though, mm-hmm. which is also I've also had this feeling that this little calling in me right now. I want to do something fictional. Then do it. I've always. Again, this is another thing in my life. I've started many stories. I've started writing many stories. The, the key is I've started writing many, finish none. <laughs> I have this right. this feeling in me like to do something fictional. Like 
it does need to be a podcast. It'd be nice if it could be something like that, but it doesn't need to be that. Like I, I haven't got a story. I haven't even got the beginnings of one. But everything that I create is factual stuff. Right? It's nonfiction, and I want some fiction in my life. I think. So write it, write it, and put it up there. But I haven't got a story yet. But well, sure. when you find it, when I find it, fair enough. All right. Um, I think we're good here then, right? I think we we do have a couple of relay your feels, but we've been, we've gone a little bit long. So I feel like we tortured everybody enough with the wrestling. <laughs> so so uh, how are we looking on the relay your feels? Should we should we be asking for more? Is it time I would like to more? see some more. It's one one of the reasons that uh, I'm keeping the, these is that we don't have as many as we've usually had in the document. So please send your relay. Please, uh, please send your relay your feels questions to us. The hashtag relay your feels. Follow up uh, thoughts, things you'd like to us hear us talk about in the future. Um, we'd love to hear that. Maybe you can suggest things for me to put on my blog. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, I guess that wraps it up. the uh, The bell has rung because the match is over. Oh, nicely done. We didn't even plan that. See, we are professionals.